From Port Huron, Michigan, I'm Tyler Baldovin. And I'm Shannon Renard, and this is Earthward. A podcast by Seed and Soul Society. Today we're going to be uh, talking a little bit, uh, actually we're going to have Heather call in today. Uh, last time we tried to call her, she was at the grocery store, but um, <laughs> we've made sure that she is uh, present and eagerly waiting at the phones uh, for our call. She's going to talk about, I think, seed selection today, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not the cool stuff we used to talk about on the phone as kids, but I know she's <laughs> waiting patiently for us. <laughs> yeah. Just twirling her hair next to the uh, phone, waiting for the landline to ring. <laughs> Uh, but I guess since last episode, what have we been up to? Um, you guys, well, I kind of bailed on you last second, but that's my bad. Uh, today actually was our big, well, our second cooking of soup at, uh, Grace Kitchens, right? Yeah. Uh, so Grace Episcopal is an enormous, amazingly beautiful church that actually is home to Thumb Coast Kitchens, which is basically, they are... They're like a community kitchen. Yeah, and and they not only do they have it at Grace, but now it's at uh, the Atrium Cafe. Um, so that's going to actually um, be an opportunity where if we ever want to have events or anything, we can do it there. They have a dining area and everything as well. Um, but yeah, today uh, Sarah Beth and I actually were at Grace, and we had a couple uh, – extra helpers we had air oh, real volunteers oh yeah it was awesome like <laughs> we actually like told people we were going to be there and and if they wanted to help so we had um anna chandry and uh eric reed come out yeah and so i brought my ginormous pot and sarah beth <laughs> brought a couple big pots as well so we made um yeah what was on the menu today so today we did cream of mushroom soup and then she um sarah beth did the corn chowder and i made probably i don't know 10 gallons of chili holy smokes and we were running low on chili though so it definitely was needed yeah and i actually i i actually found a bunch of chili making materials at my house i forgot oh. i purchased <laughs> so i didn't make it last time so uh i just went ahead and and made a huge batch and ground beef was on sale this time so it worked out but yeah uh the fridge over in your basement is absolutely stockpiled. And I saw I think, that. And I think I have like eight containers of soup at my house. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that you went from the vertical stacking to the double stacking uh, horizontal method. That was a that was an innovative <laughs> approach. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so Efficient space use. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was, And I'm not an organizer by any means, so I was like, this has to work because I am currently out of room at my house. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be really cool if we had a huge turnout and got rid of all of it. Um, the chili, just want to say, is amazing. It's banging. It slaps. Yeah, it's really good. And I even forgot kiss, kiss. paprika. So Ooh. there was none in there, but it was still great. It's really? Awesome. Yeah. That's, I like paprika. It goes in everything. That That's one of my favorites, too. Uh, I actually realized that, uh, what we plebeian north americans think of as paprika is like not even what paprika even is i my one of my best friends his uh grandparents are hungarian and i went over their house and uh it was happenstance we weren't even expected to be there but we showed up anyways uh but his grandpa was like in the rain in the backyard with this self-made like cast iron like roasting pit cauldron thing that he made himself 
in the backyard over wood fire. And he was making goulash. He goes, it just doesn't taste the same if you do it on the stove. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's this place. Um, I don't even know the name of it. Uh, it's a bar that is directly across the street from the Christmas Story House in Cleveland. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they have great drinks. It's like a little hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. But they have papakash. What is that? It's like a, it's a Hungarian dish that is like Ooh. rice and veggies and this had chicken in it, mm-hmm. and it's like just it's red with paprika. Oh, it's so good! And it's like spicy, like mm-hmm. real paprika. Yeah. Well, fast forward a year or two, Josh and I went to this place in Hamtramck called uh, the Polish Kitchen Cafe, mm-hmm. and it's a house. You yeah. probably are familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's all scary. Like you go downstairs, you feel like you're like at your great uncle's house, like on Christmas. You're like, oh my god, I have to be good. <laughs> But we ate outside, awesome pierogies. They also had Papa Crush, and it is the best. Really? So good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to try some. But, yeah, they were telling me, they were like, oh, yeah, when, when we go back to Hungary, we uh, like we have to smuggle back paprika. We shove it in our pockets and stuff <laughs> on the airplane. You know, you like put it in the kid's coat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's actually a place. I know we're getting way off topic here. That's but fine. there is totally a place. It might be in Cleveland. I want to say it's in Cleveland that it it's a Hungarian company. Oh, they make paprika okay. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe I saw it on Mr. Rogers or some sort of weird documentary type <laughs> thing, but they make like different levels of the spiciness yeah. of it. it. It's pretty that cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Spices are awesome. So I feel like uh, when I learned to cook with vegetables as the mainstay, mm-hmm. like I definitely learned more about using different spices. Yeah, how do you elevate some humble potato <laughs> yeah. or, uh, you know, asparagus grows on the side of the road around here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, I'm really, uh, I'm a bit nervous to go have drain asparagus, drain yeah. ditch uh, asparagus, because, I mean, there's a lot of big trucks around here. and Right. <laughs> Lots of oil in the road. It puts hair on your chest. A little bit of drain ditch arugula, or not arugula, (laughs) asparagus. (laughs) Well, speaking of Anna, uh, I met with her last week as well um, because we're hopefully going to sign her on as our official volunteer manager um, as we move into our hopefully productive season uh, over at the Lincoln, well, South South Side uh, Garden. Yes. Uh, currently unnamed Cellside Garden. Um, but yeah, we met with her and we're going to try and build out a volunteer platform that um, what we talked about is it's tough to, you know, get people to show up. Um, and just because people are living busy lives. But also uh, when people show up, it's it's a question of like, I'm here what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do? Are there like regular tasks that need to be done, you know, and defining what those tasks are um, so that people on their leisure, if they're walking home from the bar or walking to the bar, they can do their uh, community service and, uh, you know, uh, head into the garden and pick some arugula or, you know, <laughs> do do some uh, a plant garden or uh, watering, uh, you know, yeah. and that can all be, digitized uh you know synergized with some sort of online task management you know it might be kind of cool to just have like a little uh checkboard yeah just Mm -hmm. like hey if you're out here this always needs to be done yeah 
So, like, anybody who just happens to be, like, walking through looking at it can just be like, oh, we're allowed to do that? And then they'll do it. Because I think that that's my issue, too. It's probably a lot of anxiety, too. But just, like, going into somewhere, I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Like, when I use someone else's shower, I, like, put the soap back, like, exactly how I found it so that they know that I didn't use that soap, you know? Are you a serial shower? Oh, I might be. Yeah, I sneak into people's homes and shower. So, uh, be on the lookout, guys. Um, no, 48060 area. I'm finding people's showers. Um, <laughs> but we're, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Uh, oh, when oh, you go into a public space like that and you're like, someone is stewarding this, some, you know, someone put time and effort into doing this, like, how, you, you may want to help, but if, if there's no specific direction on how to help or if you're in that position at that moment, you know, what can you do? Right. And I think having things that are laid out and just easy to do, like, hey, these are things that, like, always need to be done. Uh, you want to run a quick water over all these plants or, you know, take a look-see? Yeah. And, they don't have to report to anybody, but like, hey, if it's being done, great, wonderful. That's one of the things I've kind of noticed, like, uh, in speaking with other groups, is they struggle with disengagement because people don't know what to do. Right. And I guess if you really put it in plain terms, like, away from even just volunteering for anything, like, even if you go to a workplace, like, everywhere I've worked, they've had checklists. That way, if if the you know owner or the manager's not there, like everybody is on task, like they don't necessarily need somebody telling them what to do all the time. They just need like a reminder or that extra sense of direction. knowing. Yeah, direction. You put a little wind in your sail, and you have a lot more, a lot better time moving or turning. Right, right. But, um, yeah. So that that's really exciting. Uh, neither uh, Anna or I know what we're doing so uh take all this with a grain of salt we're we're figuring it out ourselves and hopefully we'll come up with a really cool system for everybody um come this summer yeah i think uh i think having uh we're capable let me put it that way we're very capable of doing this but we're starting from like knowledge level maybe 15 out out of 100 well and also think i think we're kind of like with this particular project it's partially like a passive maintenance like we are wanting people to go in there and like be engaged on their own without us always being there right just i mean the location itself lends it you know it's right in the neighborhood yeah so on an arterial that people you know if there's a you know uh say what you will about the dollar tree or whatever the hell the dollar general is over there but that's a place that people in that community are going to regularly probably if they need to gallon of milk that know. parking lot is full all the time right i'm always waiting in a line when i forget my <laughs> like literally that's why i run in there because i forgot a gallon of milk right and i'm like on the way somewhere so um yeah it's definitely like in a spot that's gonna get traffic for of sure course. so uh yeah today i think like in speaking with um anna and eric like they were both willing they just wanted to know what we were doing and like so um, I kind of gave out some names and like said, we should get you this contact information. Mm-hmm. Like, so Eric can talk about his ideas and how can we incorporate some of those things into what we're doing, whether at it, if it's in South park or Goodall's or, you know, somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like a lot of engagement there and, uh, um, took home all the soup scraps. So we're getting a jump on, uh, having like veggie stock 
because yeah. that is like we can never have enough. Right. I feel like it's like liquid gold. A thousand percent, right? <laughs> so she's gonna be working on that. Um, so I think putting the call out there and letting people know that we need help, we want help. Um, not only was it like we were able to get out of there. Yeah, how long really, did it take overall? Well, I think Sarah Beth and I actually clocked out at um one o'clock, so that's four hours. But Eric and Anna left, I wanna say about 11 30 right like the soup was done it just needed to like cool off so we could put it in the packages right and we made a ton of soup holy shit so yeah i mean and now that i kind of have a better idea going in there i think we could probably whip out six soups yeah i think we just got to figure out the system right exactly yeah but we we certainly need to empty that fridge so we can have room because we have the opportunity to make a ton of food right and so, okay, we have the production side. We just need the distribution side sorted out a little bit better. Yeah. And I mean, even if um, if we keep helping out with the food giveaways. Yeah. Um, with the, We can supplement that. If we can supplement that. We can help out with like Blue Water Mutual Aid or if there's another program. Or, you know, as it warms up, you know, we can go out a day a week or whatever and just right. like hand it out. Because people are going to be out and about, and it's a good opportunity to talk about who we are. Exactly. It's the, I think it's the pillar of it is still, you know, community building for us because, you know, we are still a drop in the bucket, but we can start by you know, building connections with people in the community. Yeah. And I mean, like we had, uh, I want to say probably about four people come down in the basement while we were there, mm-hmm. uh, just from the church. And there was like a repairman there and. Everybody wanted to know what we were doing and what we were about. So that's exciting. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, everybody wants to talk to us and help. So I'm I'm pretty uh, excited just to be in that space. Mm-hmm. So yeah. opens the doors to a lot more things. I think. Uh, oh, the other thing that happened uh, was Leanne. Yes. I couldn't believe it. I'm so I was so stoked. I you know completely unexpected from our end. Yeah, I couldn't get into the link. That's like I I kept. You know, pressing on it, I'm like, why can't I see what's happening? And that's why I had to ask, you know, like, what's going on? So uh, Leanne Hillis, like, she's an amazing artist and friend of the community. She does stain. Friend of the show. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> totally. So uh, she um, she actually did my wedding present, which was these oh, wow. huge stained glass pieces. Like, we have a friend who's a tattoo artist. He does artwork for a band that my husband and I love. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had our, he did the design for our, our wedding invitations. Yeah. And then my husband gave her one. Well, we were supposed to have our wedding anyway, so she she may have already had <laughs> had an invitation. But, Just for, um, you, know. you know, we had a pandemic wedding, so <laughs> things didn't pan out. But anyway, so she she took that artwork and made two big panes um Mm -hmm. with stained glass like they're ginormous and beautiful so like i get to look at them every day it's super cool but she just turned 50 which is crazy to me not that 50's old but like she's 15 years older than me and this woman hikes the appalachian trail every year like she is just so energetic and like i just i feel like an old man yeah she yeah (laughs) i feel like the guy from up like I would need a ton of balloons right, to get to crumbly <laughs> to the top. old man. Yeah, uh, she 
she's just always like she just has a really great energetic presence and she's beautiful as a person so she had her birthday there was a supposed to be a big surprise party half the town got sick so i'm pretty sure half of her (laughs) attendance didn't end up going but um she in lieu of like buying her drinks and things at at the bar um she asked people to donate to seed and soul society so that was an honor to see that and then i saw her post that she like reached her goal which i had no clue what it was Mm -hmm. because i couldn't click and i'm thinking oh it's gonna be I was like, a hundred bucks would be a lot. Right, exactly. A hundred bucks at a bar. And we have a great community of friends. So if everybody pitched in a buck or two, like that could easily be a hundred dollars. thousand percent. Well, then when you told me it was 500, I was just like blown away. I, I was like, oh my God, Josh, like I can't believe this. So yeah, I know a lot of the times I see the, I see those like Facebook birthday fundraisers and like. They get like $20. They, they get like 20 bucks in there and like, you know. Yeah. Good for you. But like. It is also very reassuring to us that I feel like uh, the people in the community are uh, very on board with what we're attempting to do here. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Leanne. Yeah, thank you so much. That's so wonderful. Um, And especially that, you know, we were the first in mind. Well, maybe I won't put words in your mouth, but we were the one that beat everyone else out (laughs) in your charity gauntlet that was going on in our head for a birthday. Yeah. And also, like, thank you to everybody who donated, like. Of course. That's super, super fantastic. So I'm appreciative. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, let's see if we can get Heather on the phone here and uh, see if uh, she has any wonderful gardening or s- seed, seed selection. selection. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> Okay, after that brief interlude that uh, is only felt for us and nobody listening, uh, we have Heather on the phone. Say hello, Heather. Hi, guys. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about seed selection with you today um, and you know what your process is that you go through to figure out uh, best practices for your garden or you know what you found has worked for you. Okay, well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me on again. I had a lot of fun last time. Oh, wonderful. Glad. Returning, uh, you know, second time caller, long time listener. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm new. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Um, Well, I think I think that anybody that's in this point of the season right now, we're um, when we're looking at seeds like we want to buy everything. And I feel like even my boyfriend has a video of me dancing in front of the seed section at Menards last year <laughs> because I was so excited and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Fill up the cart. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so um, I just try to keep in mind um, kind of what my grow space looks like. Um, what kind of soil I have, um, the amount of sunlight that each portion of the garden is going to get. Um, you know, there are different seeds or different uh, plants that require, you know, a certain amount of sunlight. But then there are some that will thrive in some shadier areas that might only get four or five hours at a time. What do you so, What do you think? Uh, like, what What would be a Good, ex- uh, good example of something, I guess, for, you know, for the listeners, definitely not for me. Uh, if you have a high sun area, um, 
if someone Look. theoretically was building garden boxes in their backyard that uh one side would be high sun and the other side of the box would be low sun what, what would you suggest i guess well i think that you know things that are more common to us like tomatoes cucumbers and peppers i always try to put those in the more high sun because they'll produce more they're okay. like continuous producers you know um which is and you'll see like if you read the back of the packages of the seeds that you're buying uh -huh. you'll notice that things like cabbage celery brussels sprouts um things that are once you harvest it it's you know it takes a while to produce more okay uh, those can thrive more in shadier areas oh okay so the slow grows are, are might be a little bit better for shadier areas yeah or even um radishes which i swear like you blink and they're ready to harvest really yeah those um those can go either or what do you what do you use radishes for i put them in salads or i pickle them Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I, I think I have had pickled radishes then. I think that might be the only time I've had them. They're really good. They're actually really good on like pulled pork tacos. That's, oh, yeah. That's definitely where I've had them. Yes. Okay. They, I put them on chili oh, yeah. or in chili. I mean, yeah. I dice them up with nice. mirepoix and put them in. It's like kind of tangy. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the I... food memories are coming back now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was um, a certain variety. I can't remember what it was now but i wasn't aware of how spicy it was and i have a habit of just walking through the garden and just picking stuff up and like eating it right mm -hmm. so i pull this radish out because it was you know it, the top was coming out of the soil i'm like oh this one's ready so i take it over the hose and i rinse it off and then i took a big bite and after like two seconds, I thought that there was a bee on it and I ate the bee <laughs> because it was so hot that it stung my lips and my mouth. But it wasn't like fiery hot, like a pepper. It was just like, like something injected me in the mouth. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> like, du duly noted. Like horseradish. That's what that oh, sounds like, that yeah. horseradish bite. That's like the, it's like the same consistency. It's probably in the same family, like a root. It, yeah. Yeah. That's what I would it is. It is. But just, um, yeah, they're just, you know, different, different varieties, basically. Mm -hmm. And ho horseradishes, uh, those, I think those take like two years before they're ready to harvest. Like, you know how, um, you know, asparagus, when you plant asparagus, they're not ready to go for a couple seasons. Yeah. We were just talking so, about asparagus. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Take your chances and get it from the side of the road. That's what yes. I was saying, you know. Put hair <laughs> on your chest. Real manly thing to do. Go forage your roadside chemical valley uh, asparagus. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you can't say that you live in Michigan if you've never eaten roadside asparagus. Right. We'll put that under the list of uh, pure Michigan. Always wash <laughs> your vegetables, though, because it, it's not all pure. We did wash some of it off. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did uh, host a proper uh, last summer. We hosted a uh, workshop with uh, the conservation district, right? To yeah. you know, proper produce handling, what to do with it, how to store it, stuff like that. And hopefully, this summer, uh, once we get into you know harvesting season, we'll probably run another one of those workshops. Probably won't be a bad idea. Yeah, that would be. Oh good. yeah, absolutely. You how know, if we're if we're introducing the whole 
you know, farm to table thing, then, you know, we've got to teach people, you know, proper, you know, health precautions. Right. So like one of those things uh, I know that they did talk about, uh, like lettuce. Okay. So am I correct in saying like anything really leafy greens probably needs to be in the shade, right? Yeah. Okay. And and also it'll burn. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like I always got a lettuce bowl and it would do really well. But then I noticed like uh, they were all dead by like July. Like I just could not. I can't. I I can't keep them in the bowl. Like yeah, it it would always work for a while, and I could have like you know a great handful of salads out of it. But I might just have a black thumb. I don't know. At least it's, at least it's not just me. <laughs> well, I guess my question is, Heather, uh, can we plant some things? Uh, are some seeds more? I guess I don't want to say cold hardy, but where we can get away with like planting them early because my lettuce, yeah, died in July, but then I had a whole mess of it come up in like late October, early November. Really? It, it probably seeded and then spread. And um. co- cold hardy is the perfect word to use. Okay. Yeah, that's that's exactly what a lot of it is. And um, oftentimes, you know, things like, carrots the longer they stay in the ground when they get cold like into the colder seasons the sweeter they'll be oh like that i do like that i love a sweet carrot it, I, mm-hmm. i've gone on record saying that it's one of my favorite summertime snacks just a little oh see i yes. like it in the fall time with like i don't know i like can i guess candied carrots where yeah. they have like the brown sugar on them oh yeah throw some maple syrup on there yes too. Yeah, I do that. I do that. Okay, so um, I got, okay, so maybe when when you're selecting seeds, you're thinking about when you're going to harvest them. Um, does that, so we said we need to to buy everything all at once kind of right now. That seems like our, our natural instinct. But um, when we're selecting them, uh, I guess, can, do we have to buy our seeds all at once or are there things that we can buy? in stages as far as how we're going to plant them yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah you're absolutely right the impulse is bye 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 i want i want i want but um yeah you can always start you know there's there's different um stages that you can start you know depending on when you want to plant for some things like Tomatoes and peppers obviously are going to be some of the ones that you plant right now. Cucumbers, you know, zucchini, or like that you start indoors right now. Okay. Um, but even like green beans, you can start a little bit later. Okay. Because, um, you know, they, they can keep going later into the season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's what we want, right? We want extended seasons so that, you know, we can harvest for as long as we can. Yeah, so you'd have like a, you could have a tiered system as well. So you're harvesting throughout the season more regularly. Yeah. I know uh, yeah. one of the, the things you had talked about as well is uh, germination rate. So like when we were looking at what we were going to buy for South Park, I think I had mentioned I was like, is one packet of this type of seed enough? Like how, how would we know? Um, I guess, how do you judge that? Well, a lot of the packets, they, I mean, they have up to 70 seeds per package. Okay. So, you know, unless, 
unless you're gardening in mass, you really don't need too much more, you know? Um, I mean, you just got to look, um, you got to just do your research on the seeds. Find a reputable you know, seed. seed distributor. Right. And, um, you know, read reviews because, you know, you're going to read whatever the website tells you, but the honesty is going to come from the consumer. Right. So, um, and more, the larger seed, yeah, larger seed companies like that are always going to have reviews. Yeah. Or they'll have, uh, you're right. I don't know where I was going with that. I always love the, <laughs> I, I loved, I don't know, like I, when my dad used to be like, we're going to go out and weed and go in the garden. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. But every spring I remember getting like the burpees catalog. And, and the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning them is because I just remember how thick that catalog was. And <laughs> as much as I didn't care about gardening, I just wanted those flowers and vegetables in my yard. And I think it was something in me, like you said, that excitement of jumping in front of the seeds. And and I I read about them, like, okay, this needs this kind of light. Like, I learned that trees need a lot of space, and certain trees take this amount of time to grow. Or they um, need companions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, would seed packages mention that if they, like, I guess is there a certain... Like we've talked about the three sisters or um, how fruit trees need uh, compa- companions for pollination. Will that all be on that seed packet? Um, not necessarily. Not, not, not like the finer details of it. Basically, they're going to give you um, hard, like the zones, planting zones. Um, you know, what that fruit or vegetable is. You know, they'll give you a description about it, um, spacing, how far apart to plant or just plant, plant <laughs> them uh-huh. and uh, how big they'll get. So it'll typically be just, you know, basic information. Um, I think that a lot of the knowledge that we have now about gardening is are just, you know, um, trial and error. Right. Is there any so place are, that you go specifically for that deeper knowledge or anything? I'm sure you have a, some sort of Bible or book that you go to, but there's somewhere that we can point people in that you know of and an easy place to find. Um, yeah, I think like like I mentioned when I spoke to you guys last time, my Master Gardener book has been um, a, an excellent resource for me for reference uh, because I do trust it because it's from an accredited college. Right. And... Um, you know, just hearing the speakers in those classes talk about every subject just so um, so passionately and just so thoroughly. It just like like if they told me that igloos lasted through July, I'd believe them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they can. Have you seen some of the snow mounds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad used to work at the airport and I think like uh in the mid aughts, there was like some crazy, there's a crazy snowstorm where we got like multiple feet of snow or something stupid like that. And I remember going into July and August, he sent, he sent me pictures from like the tarmac where they had like 
repeatedly pl- plowed like a literal mountain of snow and there was still like a sizable mountain of snow there by august still because it was just like such an engrossing amount of snow oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness it was like as big as the building itself the terminal and did did he have like an awesome description about it just because meeting your dad the first time <laughs> that we did last summer i feel like there was just like this grandiose story about them oh there definitely was some mountain. sort of yeah yeah drama filled uh, <laughs> you know your seat. yeah <laughs> that's awesome well i guess kind of well going back to thinking about when we met your dad last summer oh, yeah um event right yeah so yeah herbs um that was at an herb farm uh are herbs any different when you are doing seed selection? Because I cannot keep an herb alive in my house to save my life. <laughs> um, I mean, not really, I guess. I don't, I don't know because I don't really have a hard time with them. There was only one time that I can remember I had a problem with herbs and it was my first year. And dill was my arch nemesis. I don't know why it wouldn't grow for me. Like, all I wanted to do was grow dill to make pickles. It's so good. I love it. I I dream about it, just smelling dill walking outside. I can smell it right now. And I want it on some potatoes with butter. What did I have? Oh, I had I had a gyro, and they had fresh dill and like the tzatziki sauce, and I was like, Oh damn! Yeah, it was so good. You guys are making me hungry. Sorry, I need lunch today either. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, I I I overbought on herbs this year, and I don't feel bad about it at all. We'll we'll find good use for them always. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I remember being a kid. I think I was like, I don't know. 10 or 11 and I bought herb seeds and I planted them around the little bird houses out at my mom's and like they have really sandy clay soil mm-hmm. and I I don't know it seemed like they weren't growing and then all of a sudden they were just they were there and I didn't touch them because I was like a kid yeah. I didn't know what I was doing but <laughs> that was outside direct so and in my house like I I love rosemary bushes. I think they're beautiful and they smell good. And I can always find them like for really inexpensive Mm -hmm. and they are, they just dry up. I like, I get How do you get them full? I've seen them full before. They exist. Trader Mm -hmm. Joe's. I got them at um, the corn man. I got that big one at the deli. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That used to be like three times the size, 16 bucks at the corn man last year or the year before. Dang. But it is dry. I can't water it enough. I can't give it enough sun. Like, I don't know what the deal is. And then I just it, bought parsley and I, oh, what is the other one? Maybe like tarragon or something. Mm-hmm. Dead. They, I, were, they were lively and now they're not. Yeah. <laughs> now they're not. Just take it in stride. Don't take too much defeat with it. Uh, I w- if I was able no. to keep sage and some parsley alive on my front porch this year, uh, I think anyone has the ability to do that okay. yeah yeah and, and you do have to remember though even though you know i just i made the comment you know i said you know i don't know i haven't really had a problem with them but garden you know, privilege they all have different <laughs> yeah they ha- they all have different properties that make them thrive and you know better climates than others like um i think that there was something that we talked about like peppers for example even though that's not an herb but um how 
I've had um, problems in the past with my peppers not producing as much as I like. Mm -hmm. And then I think that same year, Shannon was like, well, my peppers did really well. Like they wouldn't stop producing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's luck of the draw. Right. And then like last year, um, I spoke to a couple of people who were like, well, we had problems with our zucchini. We didn't, it just didn't grow. Like, well, you know, I was able to produce a lot and then I had problems with it. So it's just, um, I mean, it seems to be less of a science and more of an art form. It seems in in terms of, uh, I mean, I know it's technically a science, but yeah, I mean, it's both. Yeah. It's definitely both. And you know, what might work for one person one year might not for another person the next year. Don't get discouraged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I think everyone has the potential to have a green thumb. They just need to be patient and not get upset. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things you showed me last year was how you started your seeds in gutters. Um, so we're talking about selecting seeds. And then I remember you saying that there's some that are best started indoors. And then there might be others that are direct. So that might be a better fit. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I mean, hmm. okay. So I am a person who gets over anxious and I'll just want to put everything in the dirt right now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I I've learned to do it now. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, because of that, I have had like hit and miss moments. So, um, like, you know, carrots, there's something that I would say direct. So green beans, um, I had more luck with direct. So, um, you know, corn, you know, you know, corn, you don't start indoors. You start it outside. <laughs> Because we have seen firsthand how quickly that grows. Yeehaw, by the 4th of July. Exactly. <laughs> it always, they were not lying. No, it always seems like it, corn is so weird. I don't know. After last year, I don't even know what to think about corn. Like where it did not. Like it, <laughs> it's a complicated that. relationship. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's like I've I've watched it. Like my parents have cornfields next to their house. And like half the cornfield will be like flooded and then (laughs) it won't rain for like a month and then the corn is you know six to eight feet tall like it's fine but then it you know like in our our plot at goodall's last year it did that weird thing where like the it was like bound up and the leaves never Mm -hmm. like came away from the stalk and i've never seen that before but then that sec was it this maybe the second round of corn that we planted um was okay but then the weeds got it so like it's just weird it could all be in like one of the like basically the same area and do two different things yeah yeah we're meddling go ahead oh i was gonna say i remember when we first planted them the way um the weather was being so weird that Mm -hmm. first like those first like four rows yeah and we waited like what was it we waited like two weeks and we or no or a week we waited a week and then we planted the next four rows. So it was like, within that time, the weather changed so drastically. And I think that that was a big contributor as to why those first few rows ended up so wonky. Mm. Yeah. And those were the same seeds, correct? Yeah. Came from that same gigantic bag that was in the back of my car. For... 
So <laughs> so those ever. those corn seeds were red. Why were they red? It's just it's like a coating on them and it doesn't hurt anything. It's just like to protect the seed. Okay. Do yeah, other it's, it, do other types mm-hmm. of uh seeds have that or is that strictly like more like a mass type? Um sometimes squash seeds will have those on there. Yeah, but was, not always. It was like a 50 pound bag, so I'm sure. Yeah, well, I guess maybe that's what is it more like when you buy in bulk like that that you're more likely to see that or does it happen sometimes in like the small packages? Well, the small packages come from bulk packages. Oh, yeah, right. So when um, you know, when companies order seeds, they order them large in bulk and then they put them in their own packages. Right. So do you absolutely have to buy seeds or is there a way to make your own seed? Well, not make your own, but how would you, uh, how do you get your own seeds if you're interested in doing that? Uh, like um, certain ones will be easier, like, you know, peppers, tomatoes, things where you can visibly see the seed. Um, you just pull them right out of the fruit? Yeah. Huh. And then just separate them. Like squash, you know, just like pumpkins. Right. You know, oh, you wait, pull the guts out of a pumpkin. Didn't, uh, at one of our board meetings, I thought that there was someone, Martin, who was doing that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think he I does. remember him mentioning that too. Yeah. He, I bet you he would be a great person to have on here to talk to one of these times. Oh, yeah. I bet. He's so smart. We'll add him to the guest list. Noted. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Jotting that down in our production reminders here. Uh, <laughs> but cool. I think uh, we've we've gleaned uh, a decent amount of uh, knowledge and information off of you for today. We don't want to drain you too much for the remainder of your uh, Thursday evening. But um, <laughs> we'll let you get back oh, to. You mean I get to get back to laundry? Thanks, guys. Yeah, oh. you know you got to stay productive over there. Um, let us know when the when your loads are done, and we'll uh, we'll keep you we'll keep you in line. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you thank can come you so to mine. Much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm ready to just get this all together and burn it. <laughs> New clothes for everybody. <laughs> well, I I can't wait to to see all the seeds that came in and get planting, and I like I'm really glad actually that seed selection doesn't have to be rocket science because it's that not it makes me real happy and i feel like i can and do this <laughs> you oh you told it, it looks intimidating just because there's so many different varieties and you know it seems like everything has you know a, a special way that it needs to be taken care of but um when it all boils down to it you know mother nature she will thrive right yeah, so, we're we're just humans that are like playing in a much larger ecosystem here, trying to like force things to grow in the ways that we want it. So right. life finds a way. <laughs> it's like that meme with the dandelion, right? Concrete. Like hell yeah, concrete. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Well, wonderful. Uh, we will talk to you uh, maybe next episode or. Uh, later on in in our uh, season here we'll uh we'll let you get on with your life and we'll close out the podcast here all right well I will, i'll i'll talk to you guys in the group chat later all right thanks heather <laughs> see ya bye guys bye 
I feel like every time we talk, I learn something and I have maybe something that I have learned that I can share. So I'm growing like a little flower. Mm -hmm. Oh, very on point. Well, do you know what else that we want to see grow over here at the Earthward Pod? How about our listenership? Oh, man. Uh, You nailed it right on the head there. That's what we're looking to grow here. We're looking to grow our listenership and get... uh, you know, we have four super dedicated listeners. Um, you know, we don't want to downplay, you know, you guys are a very important part of our community and we appreciate you sticking around. Um, you know, you were here um, first and that's what really matters. And you can hold that above everybody else uh, as we grow our listenership and let them know that, uh, you know, you liked us before we were cool. Maybe so. when they're when we're rich, we can give out whales. Exactly. Like, we'll just put it under your chair. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> But that being said, uh, make sure you um, subscribe to the podcast. Let your friends know. Let your family know. Let the guy walking his dog down your road right now, let him know um, that Earthward is a podcast uh, by Seed and Soul Society. And uh, we talk about gardening and uh, life and, um, I don't know, a bunch of stuff in between those two things, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if if it's an event that is happening in our community uh, and you're not from the Port Huron area, like definitely steal our ideas, do it in, in your hometown and, and share it. Like we're just trying to do good and spread it along the world. Exactly. Um, yeah. If you leave us a review, like rate us five stars on iTunes or Spotify, I would, uh, we'll read that on live on air if, if it's good. Um, or if it's bad, maybe I'll read it too. And, uh, you know, we can have a little bit of a back and forth battle. We'll take all the criticism too, because sometimes it's fun. Yeah. It's constructive. Yeah. But you can also reach us at earthwardpod at gmail.com if you're looking to, uh, you know, talk to us more directly. Or if you have a question or a comment um, or an interesting story, uh, we're always interested in hearing from the community. So that's E-A-R-T-H-W-A-R-D-P-O-D at gmail.com is where you can reach us, earthwardpod. Um, And I guess we'll see you guys in a couple weeks here. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you follow us on social media. Um, You can also visit our website and join our mailing list. We're at www.s3ph.com. You can sign up to volunteer, find out where we're going to be. Maybe give us some dough here or there if you're interested in helping out but can't show up to an event. Um, We'd love to hear from you and share. Yeah, Seed and Soul Society is a member-supported organization. To donate, you can head over to our website at s 3 ph